0: Thank you. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Tough Men of Faith. I'm R.T. Stringer, and today we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, this is a part two of our podcast with our interview with Matt Barnes. So if you have not listened to it, go back to last week's podcast and look for part one, of the interview with Matt Barnes, and listen to that first and jump into today's. I'm, I'm excited about today's, excited for you guys to hear the second and final part of this interview. So I, you mentioned there that, you know, having faith— means taking risk, yes. right? Is that would you agree with that? I think it is. I agree. Because Hebrews eleven we, we hear about the men of faith and
1: you, you see there men oh, who took risks. They did. So yeah. And sometimes that risk does not look work out the way we want. That's good. Yeah. And so when I, to give you an example, when we were moved, getting ready to move to Indianapolis five years ago, we had found a nice place in Greensburg. It was safe, it was comfortable, mm-hmm. had a beautiful barn. And I like barns. I don't think it has anything to do with my last name being Barnes, but I love <laughs> barns. And it had a beautiful old McDonald's style barn and we re-roofed it and put siding on it. Was perfect. We made it into it a little bit of an event barn. We loved it. And then God whispered to our hearts, both mine and my wife's, what about being... Titus says that the pastors to be given to hospitality or mm-hmm. to have their home open. Now, I was like, hey, our home's open. We're good to go. Yeah. But we were an hour away from the Capitol. So I couldn't just ask legislators, hey, come over for dinner. They wouldn't. Now, some would come in the off season or whatever and spend the night with us, but rarely would they come out. They wish they wouldn't come out for dinner. And so the Lord was asking us, and it, would you be willing to give up your dream home and move to the city. Now, I was hopeful that it would be an Abrahamic experience with mm-hmm. that, because hey, Abraham says, yes, I'm willing to give it up. And then God says, oh, I just right. I got a ram in the bush. <laughs> We're good to go. But we started exploring this as an opportunity, and we ended up getting a house on the southeast side of Indy. We ended up moving. God did not say, I have a ram in the bush. We had to give up. The, the sacrifice of giving up our dream home to come to Indianapolis. And I thought that if I did this for God, that because I'm sacrificing so much, he would just pour out mm-hmm. the blessings of heaven and it would all go swimmingly well. Right. I can hear in your yeah. chuckle, RT, you realize that it's not always, not the, always case, the case, is it? Nope. So when God calls us to give up something, we should not expect that it's going to go well. But I love our quote for our family during that time was the Jim Elliott quote. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And that was a man who went to minister to Indians and gave his life. Mm, yep. That's probably <laughs> not how he thought it would work right. out. Give up what I cannot keep to gain what I cannot lose, including his life. And yet, what did God do with that? Again, it's great risk. Mm-hmm. And the great reward may not be What you think it will be, but what God intends it to be, and what he intends is always better than what I intend. But bad things started to happen to us as soon as we moved to that home and all these terrible—it took four years to build the new house that we were wanting to build there, trial after trial after trial. But I am not the one that can determine how God uses the sacrifice. I'm the sacrifice. I'm the one that, to, to be a living sacrifice, he uses me, and I don't get to determine how I'm to be used. Yeah, that's good.
0: So many guys give up when there's opposition. Yes. but And they think, okay, God must not be in this. I, mean, I it's thought not that for sure. Yes. But that's not what we see even in Scripture. I mean, you look at the, the early church. Mm. Um, I've been studying the Beatitudes right now, and the last one of those says, blessed are those who are persecuted. Yeah. So it's giving you, like, if you live the Christian life, right. expect to face opposition, right? <laughs> yes. So it's it's not like opposition always means that I'm doing the wrong thing. Yeah. A lot of times opposition means
1: I'm right where God wants me, mm. Um, but there's gonna be opposition here in this world. So yeah. There is and that's hard. And you're right. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I'm mean, like, well, maybe I'm not doing it right. In fact, in the middle of this, so it's mm-hmm. a really funny story. In the middle of all these trials, we're in Indianapolis living in this super small house. My wife my, my daughter lived in a closet for a year and a half. <laughs> and and so it was just hard. Yeah. In the middle of all this, tons of things going wrong. I was like, well, clearly I must have made a mistake. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking it was me, like I messed up. I didn't hear yeah. God right. What was going, What was wrong? And I said, Lord, I don't encourage this prayer. Right. I said, Lord, I feel like this is all my fault. But if if I were to come up with some uh, physical malady, I would know that it wasn't me. It wasn't my fault. That it just you. This is your hand in it. I wasn't asking for the physical malady, but God decided that maybe I should experience one. So yeah. I did this preachers and sneakers thing at at the Pacers at, yeah. at their halftime. Some guys got together, a bunch of preachers get together and play ball. I've never half-time. heard of this. This would be entertaining to watch. and sneakers. Oh, it, it was entertaining. <laughs> so much so that one of these pastors, I don't know if he was taking out some extra aggression or yeah. what it was, but I was looking at the rim, getting ready to do a rebound. Instead, I see this massive elbow. <laughs> And it crushed my eye socket and it gave me a level two concussion. I woke up the next morning, my entire side of my face was black and blue. I go into the Capitol and they're like, what kind of bar fight was Pastor Barnes in last night? (laughs) I was barely walking straight. My son had to drive me home. It was terrible. And so I get laid up with a concussion, but I'm remembering the prayer that I prayed. If I have some sort of physical malady. I'll know that it's of God. Well, I didn't expect that he would hit me upside the head with a two right. by four and <laughs> yeah. say, Matt, lie there. And you realize this is of me. All of this suffering is designed to make you and designed to present you as a, a worthy sacrifice to me. And boy, that was hard. But mm-hmm. I began to realize that and allow, you know, it's okay, risk, great wit. risk, sometimes you'll get knocked down. But God's forming me. He's molding me. And sometimes he breaks me to make me into the man that he wants me to be. Yeah.
0: So many guys quit when they're in the middle of the battle. Yeah. And, you know, they don't get to see that breakthrough or what God has
1: for that ministry or their family because
0: they yes. give up so easy. Yeah.
1: They do. And, and so that's, you know, for me, I've realized just, just stay faithful. Mm-hmm. Stay faithful. Keep doing the next thing. When I was at Home Depot, God, I want to do something. To do He's like, oh, you're there. You're right where I want you. I want you to learn some lessons here. And so that's the way my life has been. And it's episodes of God saying, right there's where I want you. Wait. And then when he says, go, go, then it gets hard. I'm saying, I want to give up. No, stay the course.
0: Why do you think men struggle to uh, take risk or initiative?
1: Oh, fear of failure. Mm, I would agree. (laughs) I've been there myself. Yes. I don't want to fail. And so when I'm... And that's why when I get comfortable, I've got it under control. I'm under control. I've got it. I've got my X, Y, Zs in place. My life is set, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. And the problem is then I'm not relying on God. So that's why he pushes me, and that's where faith comes in. Because if I've got it under control, I'm not living by faith. And so he constantly makes me uncomfortable, so I have to live by faith. And I distinctly remember one time there was um, – I had committed at the first part of the ministry. I'll do the ministry.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: as long as you supply the funds, I will do it. And I will not go into debt for your ministry, God. That's just what I committed yeah. to him. That's between me and him. Well, <laughs> about three years in, there was a financial storm brewing, and I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. Yeah. But the ministry was going well enough that I'm like, oh, this, this has to go. This has legs. This ministry has to make it. And so I began to figure out, could I put this? It was like $5,200 was the storm brewing. I didn't have the money well, I could put it on a credit card. I could second mortgage the house because this ministry has to make it. Yeah. But that was not the right, that was not what God wanted me to do. And so I'm sitting here with all these bills in my office and it was a Wednesday afternoon. And I called all the kids in the living room and my wife, my three kids and my wife. And I said, I just have a confession to make. Daddy's been sinning and I have not been trusting God to provide for us. And so I said, here are the bills. And I just laid them out there on the table. And I said, I want to pray over every one of these bills and ask God to pay them. And so I was in tears. The whole family's in tears. We're praying, asking God to meet this need. And after that prayer... RT, I felt much better. Not a single one of the bills had been paid, right. yet, but I felt better <laughs> yep. because we had given them to God, mm-hmm. saying these are yours to pay. Yeah. So I went to the state house the next day. We have a chapel service every Thursday at noon and I did chapel service. Coming out of chapel service, my wife contacted me and she said, uh, you'll never believe what just happened. So well, what? She said, We went out to the mailbox and there was a check in the mailbox. And the check was for five thousand two hundred dollars. That was the largest gift by far we had ever been mm-hmm. given in the ministry to that date. And she said, the kids right now have the check, and they're running around in circles in the house saying, <laughs> it's a miracle, it's a miracle. <laughs> and it was. Yeah. The check was in the mail when I was praying. The check was in the mail when I surrendered and said, God, pay the bill. I can't do it. I need you to do it. It was already in the mail. That's God. Yeah. That's
0: awesome, isn't it? It is. Yeah, Max Lucado said impossible is one of is God's favorite word, you know, or something like that. Yes. I love that quote that impossible is one of God's favorite words because Amen. it seems impossible to us. But, you know, but the other part of that when I, was, when I was hearing you tell that story is, you know, I'm sure that grew your faith. It did. Getting to experience that. It did. But it, if— God had to put you in that valley, if you will, <laughs> right. in order to, to strengthen your faith so that, yeah. you know, who, whatever, whatever he has for you next to be able to experience
1: it. So That's correct. But here, I will say this. How soon we forget. At yeah. least me. Oh, definitely. I mean, you read through the Old Testament. You see the Israelites. They get the Red Sea parted yeah. for them. And days later, they're like, kill Moses, kill yeah. Moses. Oh, my God. I and mean, we're quick to condemn them. Yeah. But we ought to look internally. How quickly do I do that? God does something amazing in my life, and it's a testimony. I share it with others. Look at what God is doing, and then I forget. Yeah. How soon I forget. And yet, you're right. Most, I need to be able to anchor myself. If God has done it in the past, Mm -hmm. he can do it in the future. That's faith.
0: Yeah, I feel like I owe the the Israelites an apology. Uh, (laughs) Because when I was a kid, I remember reading the stories like in Exodus, you know. And I'd be like, why are they so dumb? Like... (laughs) God just did this. He, he brought him out of slavery. He split the sea, and then yes. they're sinning again, and they forgot what God did. And now that I'm an adult and a believer, and I yes. look at my life, I'm like, that's me. Me. Uh, I forget all the time that what God's yes. taken me through, and then I hit another valley next week with something. you know, it, it could be marriage or finances or yes. my job, and also I'm like— Things are awful. Everything's bad. No one loves me. You know, and so even like the Psalms and different things that yeah. you know I can relate to those now that oh, yeah. with David is like, Why are you why are you whining about this? Mm. But it makes total sense. But the other side is that God yeah. wants to hear that. He
1: does from us, right?
0: Like we're never told not to be honest or cry out to God with how we're feeling. So if you feel like forgotten by God and how am I going to pay these bills, yeah. he, he wants us to lament and call out to him.
1: So. He does. And you, you know, early on you mentioned um, the situation at FedEx. Yeah. And, you know, it was something where my uh, my daughter, she texted me, and she said, Dad, was there a shooting? Mm. And I said, yes, Emma, there was. And it was, uh, you know, these eight people were shot and killed at yeah. FedEx. And she said, well, Samaria's mom and dad haven't heard from her all day, and she works there. And I said, well, you know what, I'm gonna, I'll am just go right out there. I'll go to the hotel. And they were the last family to know. And I got there as they were told that, that Samaria wasn't coming back. Mm. That was that I don't ever want to experience yeah, couldn't imagine. that sort of thing again and yet what we just what we discovered was god god was faithful even in that uh, he gave me I what do you do you you cry mm-hmm. you pray you cry you don't I don't have the words uh, to tell yeah. someone you know something about their 19-year-old daughter not coming home right um, I don't have words for that and yet, I know that I can put faith and trust in God. So CNN had reached. Oh, I mean everybody. There was everybody. Yeah. And their brother was reaching out for media yep. requests, and CNN reached out for an interview request. And they played a little clip ahead of time, and you can find it on my Facebook page. The interview, but but ahead of time, they played the clip of of a, a the mayor of, of Beach Grove. Mm-hmm. and he said. He said, you know, he said, this is what, um, I'm not going to question God and this is his plan and we're not going to question it and, and uh, we're just going to go on. And I thought, you know, my God is big enough to handle my questions. Hmm. And when I look at the Psalms, yeah, he says, why God? And it's okay to say why. Yet at the same time, the psalmist always comes back to, he says, why? But then he'll come back to, But you know what? I'm going to trust. Yeah. I'm going to trust. I don't understand. Why are you doing this? Why are the wicked prospering? Why are bad things happening? Mm -hmm. I don't understand, God. But I'm going to trust you. I'm going to see you through it and and trust that you're going to see me through it. And we saw that through that FedEx shooting and even just God giving the words in the various ways that he did. I didn't intend to be a communications person for the family, but they needed somebody. So I was just the next man up and I did it just being available. But God was faithful there. Yeah. But it was hard.
0: Yeah, I I watched that CNN interview with you, and you handled that with such grace and pointed to the gospel. (laughs) Praise the Lord. And I mean, yeah, it was terrific. Um, I'd I'd encourage you guys to go on Matt's Facebook page and listen to that. So yeah, I I really appreciate you mentioning that, because I think a lot of men struggle with praying, Yes. you know, thinking they have to have the words right, or what am I going to say? And when you read the prayers and the Psalms, I mean, it's just just being honest with God in everyday language
1: and... Just crying out to him, tell him how you feel. It's Correct. So yeah, Abdul Hakim Shabazz, he's a local uh, yeah, yeah. radio guy and all this thing. So um, he he reached out to me. We I did a little. We do a thing once a year or so. I'll do it with Abdul. We'll do mm-hmm. a thing. And and uh, so he asked me on his radio program several months ago. He said you know, you're opening the House of Representatives every day in prayer because during COVID, we couldn't bring a pastor in every day. Normally, it's a different pastor every day. And we decided not to do that. And so it was just myself, I would do Monday, and then our uh, women's chaplain would do Tuesday, and then I would do Thursday every week. So he said, he asked me on his radio program, he says, Matt, how are you coming up with the content for your prayers? You know, which is a great question, by the way. And uh, I said, well, actually, Abdul, I a lot of times i don't know what to pray and so i get my content from the scripture and so this year i've just been praying through the psalms mm-hmm. and so i would just take whatever day it was it was if it was the 5th i just look at the 5th psalm and i just grab stuff out of there and weave it into my prayer whatever day it was i just weave that content into my prayer and i'm amazed because here at the psalmist that's what the psalms are mm-hmm. a lot of times it's just a heart cry and a prayer yeah. If you don't know what to pray, open up the Psalms, Mm -hmm. look at the Psalm, and you oftentimes see a mirror sitting there in the Psalms because what you're going through, whatever man is listening to this, what you're going through, other men have gone through as well. Mm -hmm. Men of Scripture have gone through that. And all we have to do is look at it, read it, and identify with it and say, God, that's my prayer. And pray that to the Father. If you don't have the words, you find them in Scripture. I agree that praying to Psalms revolutionized my prayer life. Oh, amen.
0: Like I, that's really a few years ago I started doing that and it just changed my prayer life completely yeah. because otherwise, you know, I would start praying just honestly and then my mind would start drifting to, I sure. need to do this today. Yes. Did I remember to do that yesterday? You know, that's, I think we do that as guys sometimes. But when I started praying through the Psalms and seeing what, what David went through. Amen. And even a lot of stuff we did, right? So a lot of guys struggle with, with pornography and se- sexual yes. sin. Yes. There you get a guy who struggled with with those very same things. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> right? He was up on top of a roof and he saw yeah. a woman. And yes, And right. then you see his heart just broken mm. over it. And Amen. And so even, like, guys, if you're struggling with something like that, there are psalms that, that you can pray of forgiveness and calling out to God for mercy, sure and and they're there for you, to guide you. So.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: Yeah. Well, so good. This has been really good. Yeah, we're going
1: to have to do another episode sometime. We
0: definitely will have to bring you in again, <laughs> and I would fun. love to have Nick here for the next one. So just tell us a little bit about your ministry that you lead. Sure. If someone wants to... Partner with you. What does that look like? How can they connect with you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we have a website. So the ministry's name is Public Servants Prayer. Initially, when we started the ministry, I, I the, the initial name of the ministry was the Politician's Prayer. Actually, okay. Uh, I had a little business cards on perforated cardstock. You know, yeah. I printed them up, passed them, up, gave them to my senator, and I said, "What do you think of the name?" And he says, "I don't like it." And I said, <laughs> "Well, why?" He said, "Well, politician is negative." I said, well, what's a better word? He said public servant. Okay, perfect. So I went home and changed the name of the ministry right quick Mm -hmm. and put it out new new business cards. Public Servants Prayer. So we just shortened the URL. It's just the PSP. Okay. Uh, So T-H-E-P-S-P dot O-R-G. And on there, you will find ways to pray for your leaders, you'll find your leaders to pray for. And if your podcast goes to other states, it's in other states as well. We have all Mm -hmm. 50 states. We have the legislators for all 50 states on that website. All You just click on it, click on your state, and three leaders will pop up for you to pray for that day. Bible says to make it a priority to pray for those leaders. Mm -hmm. So then we need to do that. So every morning, we're putting up three new leaders to pray for every day in every state. On that site, you'll also see uh, there is a give uh, section of the website, so we are fully supported by churches as missionaries, by individuals who contribute, and so that's how we are supported. And we just trust the Lord to bring it in, and He is He's faithful. I. I say that God invented electronic transfer. He just transfers it from somebody's bank account to mine. It's awesome. <laughs> in the state house, they've discovered that I'm not paid by the state mm-hmm. because we are an entirely volunteer organization. So, one senator, she was in our Bible studies one day, and I was talking about trusting the Lord and relying on Him for funding. And she said, Hold on a second. She said, We don't pay you. Oh, no, actually, we we just rely on donations and contributions mm-hmm. from people. And she just couldn't believe it. So she went to the governor. She went to the Speaker of the House. The President approached them in the Senate and said, we don't pay Matt. We've got to pay Matt. He does all these things for us. And so then they came to me and they asked the question. They just said, Matt, do you do you want to be paid? Mm-hmm. And for a brief moment in time, I thought, State pay benefits. Right. This would be the yep. deal, right? Yep. This is it. This is what this God is called my me ticket, to, yep. right? <laughs> and then I I prayed about it, and I just didn't sense God's freedom to do that. As you will know, being a chaplain in the army, there if the state pays you, yep. the state also can tell you what you can and cannot say. Yeah. And so I just felt like that I needed to be able to speak for freely for God and. To receive the pay from him through his people. So I had to go back to this sweet editor Mm -hmm. who was trying to help and say, Thank you so much. Greatly appreciate your generosity and the idea of of getting us some some money, but we feel like we should just stay faith-based and rely on the Lord. And and she said, Well, all right then. Well, could I, could I do a fundraiser for you? <laughs> and so, bless her heart, she raised $7,000 oh, wow. for us. It was such a blessing that year. And so God has a way of providing for us, and he's done that. So they can find ways to contribute and be a part of the ministry there as well, and reach out to us. There's contact ways to reach out to me, and uh, it's all on there on the website.
0: Okay. So we like to end—well, you're our first interview, but okay. we want to end our interview with the speed round of our guest— so, four questions we have for you. Okay. What's one book you would recommend every
1: guy read? Carrie Schmidt's book, Done. Done. I've not it's, read that. It's very small, it's a short read. Okay. Um, but we hand it out in the Statehouse often. And actually, we've had some people come to know Jesus Christ okay. through that. But Kerry Schmidt done. All right.
0: If you could meet one person from history, who would it be and why?
1: Oh, probably Abraham Lincoln. I was going to say, I think I know <laughs> on that one. That was Lincoln. Yeah, that's, that's a simple one. Okay. If you could give guys one piece of advice, just one, what would it be? Your eyes will never be satisfied. The scripture says in Proverbs, the eyes of a man are never satisfied. And if we go down that track of lust and looking at temptation, whatever it is, whether it's lusting after a woman or lusting after a vehicle that we want or a house that we want, your eyes will never be satisfied. Our satisfaction had better come from the person of Jesus Christ or we will never be satisfied. That's good. Last question. If you had to pick someone to play you in a movie... Who would it be? Who would play Matt Barnes? Well, I have to pick somebody with a hairline like <laughs> mine. So I'm going to go. He would not be a good, and he's dead now, but Sean Connery. Sean be, Connery. Yes, Sean Connery. All right. All <laughs> right.
0: Well, it's been such a pleasure having you uh, today, and it's been so insightful for me. Uh, appreciate you coming. We appreciate what you're doing at the Public Servants Prayer. If guys want, are you on social media at all where guys can connect with you? Absolutely. Twitter, just go to Facebook, Facebook.
1: and It's okay. facebook.com. Uh, it's just barnes.matthew. That's me. So it's super simple to find me, barns.matthew on Facebook. I'm on Twitter as well. Okay. Matt R. Barnes is my handle uh, on Twitter. Instagram on Instagram. Yeah, we're all over social media. Okay.
0: Yeah, so uh, reach out to him there, and I would encourage you guys to get behind his ministry. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, men. this concludes this episode. We'll be putting out a new episode next Thursday. See you then.